You are listening to a podcast from Vineyard Church of Augusta. For more information, visit vineyardaugusta.org. This morning, we are uh, finishing up a series that we began in early January. It's uh, the focus on the core of who we are and uh, the five values that really inform who we are and therefore inform what we give our time and our energy and our resources to as a church. And today we're going to conclude our series with this, that we are a people of the kingdom of God who pursue culturally relevant mission in the world. This is what we're about. The late William Temple, he was an Anglican priest and he was a theologian. He served as the Archbishop of Canterbury back in the 1940s. And I love the way he, he, he talks about people being uh, the people of the kingdom of God, pursuing culturally relevant mission in the world. He put it this way, and I love his quote. He said, the church exists primarily for the sake of those who are still outside it. We need to be reminded of that on a regular basis, Vineyard Church of Augusta. Uh, it's very easy for us to, to, to make church uh, and our, our church family just about us. And it, it's important that we make space for that and that we care for one another, that we have deep community for, for moments just like we had in praying for Mark and, and their family. But it's also vitally important that we recognize that we do not exist for ourselves. One of the primary reasons we exist is for the sake of those who are far from God This is not our great idea that we came up with as a church. This is God's plan. It's his plan and all who are in Christ, every single one of us, not just pastors, not just leaders, not just people who have their quote-unquote acts together. We are all called to be people of God's kingdom, called to bring the good news of the, the kingdom of God, the gospel of Jesus Christ to every nook, to every cranny uh, of creation, faithfully translating the message of Jesus into whatever languages we find, whatever vernacular, whatever forms that are relevant to whatever culture or people groups that we find ourselves in. Now, globally, the Vineyard has done just an amazing job over the last 40 years of doing this. We are now in more than 65 countries around the world with uh, more than 2,500 churches, and each Vineyard church is encouraged to look at your own context and to look at the people who have not yet been reached by the churches and faith communities in that particular area. In every one of these contexts, whether it is Augusta, Georgia, whether it is Waynesboro, Georgia, whether it is uh, Bluffton, South Carolina, or whether it is Laborde, Haiti, whatever the context, we are wanting to partner with the Holy Spirit. We want to develop creative entrepreneurial, and innovative approaches to reaching people with the good news of Jesus Christ, Um, a message that is faithful to Jesus, that is empowered by the Holy Spirit. And our marching orders come directly from Jesus. Jesus emphasized this idea that, hey, guys, this thing that I brought, the kingdom, it's not just for you. It is to be shared in every sector of the world, among every people group. This was a main primary message of his last conversations with his disciples here on earth. I want to hit on two of them this morning. Uh, These conversations took place after his death and resurrection, uh, but before his ascension, before the Holy Spirit was poured out in the upper room. 
Jesus says this, a passage you're very familiar with, Matthew 28, the Great Commission. Jesus said, uh, Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, and therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you, and surely... As I read that this week, I just, I don't know, the Holy Spirit made me focus on that word surely. Surely, with confidence, wait and see. Behold is one of the translations that's used for that word. Behold, I am with you always to the very end of the age. We can be confident in this. Surely, this uh, this is uh, the, the great commission that, that Jesus gave his initial disciples and gives to us. And then his final conversation recorded in Scripture before he, his ascension, um, it, it gives a few more details of how this is to take place and where this should happen. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. If we mash these up this morning, I just want to emphasize the surely, behold, watch and see, I am with you always to the very end of the age, and you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses everywhere to the ends of the earth, to the very end of the age, to the ends of the earth. There is no place on earth, and there is no period of time in human history when God does not want the good news of his love and his power to be shared. And that includes the CSRA in 2022. That includes the the country of the United States of America. That includes the whole world right here and right now in the midst of uh, deconstruction of faith, in the midst of uh, much anxiety and much hopelessness and despair, it is God's will that the good news of Jesus Christ be shared. And you know who's responsible for doing that? Look at the person next to you and say, I am, and so are you. Because that's who's responsible, guys. All of us, this is, this is our job. Jesus commands us to go, and the Holy Spirit empowers us for the task of sharing the good news of Jesus Christ wherever life takes us, whether it's Jerusalem, our immediate neighborhood, our immediate community, uh, the greater region, our Judea, our Samaria, maybe taking us to people groups that we normally don't connect with, but that God intentionally calls us to go and to be with them, and to the ends of the earth, every place on earth, no place or space excluded. Now, while our methods for sharing will and should change based on our context, we need to remember that the message of the gospel remains the same. God loves us, and he gave his son Jesus uh, to save us and to bring us into relationship. And he's given the Holy Spirit so that we can experience the reality of God's love and his power in our hearts and our lives today. So in our Jerusalem, that's why we're doing this kiss them with kindness. And as you pick up a pack of 10, uh, 10 of these, uh, as Katie mentioned, it's 10 little kisses in each one. They're individually wrapped. There's a card that says, you've been kissed with kindness by Vineyard Church of Augusta. This is a small reminder of God's love for you. This is servant evangelism, kindness evangelism. 
Uh, as Paul reminds us, it's the kindness of God that leads to repentance. And this is what we call an extremely low-risk, high-grace opportunity to share, uh, to share our faith in simple, kind, and sweet ways. And so I want to encourage you, uh, take some, take them uh, to school, uh, middle schoolers and high schoolers and college students, uh, take them to your neighborhood, take them to your office setting, take them to the grocery store with you when you go, and just look and ask the Holy Spirit to, to show you someone to, to maybe bless and say, hey, just want to just give this to you, a small reminder of God's love for you. It can be as simple as that. You don't have to even say anything. Um, and maybe the Holy Spirit might give you an opportunity to to encourage or to, to bless with a prayer or a conversation with start. You never know. So we have these kind of outreach opportunities uh, for Jerusalem. We also have like our Alpha course going on. It's, it's off to a, a phenomenal start, and it's not too late to continue to invite people to be part of Alpha. We've got our, our Judea. We've got uh, our more regional kinds of things like our storehouse, our giving farm, church planning throughout the CSRA. We've got our own Samaria uh, where we are, like our pride event that we, that we go and we serve the LGBTQ community uh, each year. We're going to be doing that again uh, in June. We've got Family Promise in our Compassion House. Uh, you'll get an update in your letter uh, about where things are with that, and I look forward to that happening this year. But we're going to be hosting some homeless families uh, at our church this year. Uh, in June and in October, and Pamela Bronander is going to be heading that up for us. If you're interested in being a part of that, let her know or touch base with the office. And then we've got our ends of the earth covered as well. Uh, a big part of our Compassion Fund goes to international missions, uh, doing things in Haiti and in India. Now, this mission that we're called to as individuals, as families, as a church, this is not relegated to some sort of short-term uh, missions trip to a foreign land or to a specific local outreach like Kiss Him With Kindness. Uh, it, it, this is meant to be a lifestyle, just like our worship is meant to be a lifestyle. Following Jesus is about living our whole lives on mission. And you may ask yourself, so, so where is my mission field? Where is that my mission field? I would just say, where do you live? Where do you do life? Because that is your primary mission field, where you find yourself living most of your life, where you work, where you play, uh, where you just hang out. That is your primary mission field. There are those times when God takes us to other places and gives us unique opportunities. But for the most part, it's about where we live our life. And I want to introduce you this morning to some very special guests who are here with us this morning. Uh, the Abercrombies. Daniel, uh, Natalie, you guys come on up. They are uh, joining us this morning along with their son Tanner uh, and their daughter Reagan, who's down in Kids Church. Uh, Daniel and Natalie... Uh, made the decision back uh, back in 2015 uh, to go to Haiti, to move from Tennessee uh, to go to Haiti and to start a medical clinic. And we have had the privilege of supporting uh, this medical clinic for the last several years. And uh, just delighted to have you guys back with us. Let's, let's welcome Daniel and Natalie and Tanner. So guys, uh, it's great to have you back with us, and give us an update on, on how things are going. Of course, Haiti's been in the news a lot. Uh, we have a natural affinity because of our connection with you guys and Vineyard Church Planning, Imagine Missions. So give us an update on what's happening with Access Health Alliance. 
Well, first, I want to say thank you for allowing us to come in today. It's our We've pleasure. Been, uh, it's been such a pleasure to have you guys uh, supporting us for the last several years, and uh, it's, it's just been so awesome to have you guys support and know that you're praying for us and, 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 and have our backs. Uh, yeah, so obviously, yes, Haiti's been in the news a, a bit this uh, past year. Um, the turmoil in the, in the country is kind of getting uh, worse and worse uh, as the months go by. Um, gangs have kind of taken over the nation uh, and kind of control uh, routes uh, to get back and forth uh, through the city of Port-au-Prince. Um, and then, of course, the president was assassinated this past summer, uh, and then the interim governments that's been in place have really been ineffective. Uh, and then you guys know that, or, uh, or, or possibly know that this past... This past October, there was a large group of Americans and Canadians that were kidnapped, and then they were released about two months later. Um, and the area that they were kidnapped is actually the, the route that we had to take to go to Port-au-Prince to pick up supplies, uh, to buy groceries, and everything like that. So the state of Haiti is uh, in, in a pretty bad shape. Um, so much so that, you know, I think in September, we had made the decision that we weren't even going to drive to Port-au-Prince, and if there was any supplies or anything like that that we needed for the, ourselves or for the, for the medical facility, uh, that we would just kind of hire someone that was willing to go to port and purchase those things, and then we had someone in Port-au-Prince who was willing to, to make the purchase on our behalf, uh, and so it's been pretty rough this past year. Yeah. So rough to the point that you guys have uh, made the decision to come back to the States for an interim period of time. But the clinic continues to operate. And I just want to commend you guys for the tremendous leadership that you've put in place and having a Haitian doctor and having Haitian staff and, ha and actually a, a new Haitian administrator. Give us an update on, on what's happening and how, how many people you're, you're continuing to serve, even in the midst of the, the chaos and all the crisis that's going on there. Yes, so um, from the beginning of founding Access Health Alliance, it's been very important to us that um, the vision that God gave us for this community and this region, um, that we wanted to set things up that it would be for his glory alone, that it wasn't about you know, our American family coming in and doing all of the hands-on work, but really um, instead just recognizing this, this gap between this need for this region of healthcare um, and spiritual care and just a lot of support and the ability to find licensed, educated health professionals in Haiti who just aren't able to find work because a profitable um, healthcare business model just doesn't work in these severely impoverished nations. So they needed that to know that you know God hasn't forgotten them and that um, their brothers and sisters in Christ around the world haven't forgotten them and that they're going to come in and, and meet that need to be with them. And so we have now um, all of the hands-on day-to-day care is being handled by um, a Haitian physician and a Haitian nurse and uh, four, four other, um, five other um, Haitian um, support staff in our clinic. And so we've been able to be um, off hands off on the like day-to-day, -day, you know, just patient care for about two and a half years now. And that has been totally amazing to see um, the number of patients that we're seeing each month continue and even grow. And so it's been so encouraging to us to see that our community and the, um, the 
regions even a little bit beyond our community um, are knowing that the fully Haitian-run care that they're going to receive at our facility is so good and that their confidence in their, their Haitian brothers and sisters that are there to serve them is so high that they are just continuing to increase in the number of patients that are coming and you might remember better about how many we're seeing usually on a month. Right. So I think we, uh, when we first started, we'd see about three or 400 patients a month. And now we're over a thousand uh, patients coming in each month and we're only open four days a week. So that's a lot of patients uh, coming in. And then we kind of, all of our medications are free to anyone that comes. uh, And we're giving out roughly three to 4,000 prescriptions, you know, on a a month. So it's a lot. Well, it's amazing work, and I know that even in the midst of, of, of you know, uh, the national crisis, that God's still using you. You're still able to, to share his, his love and his kindness and his healing power uh, through medicine and prayer, and uh, we just, we love the fact that we get to, to be a partner with you in this and are excited about that. Now, tell us what, what's happening with the Abercrombie family, because you guys obviously are in a, in a season of flux. Um, you, your board that works with you encouraged you guys to, to come home with with Tanner and with Reagan, uh, you guys did that back in the uh, back in November. Yes. Um, and what's what's the plan for now? You were able to have a, a national administrator that we know, Gabe Lindor, who's a wonderful leader uh, with our church planning movement as well as the Simple Church movement. He's working as an administrator for your clinic. Uh, tell us what what's going on with you guys right now, and how we can be praying specifically for the Abercrombie family. Absolutely. So when we made the decision in November, um, our, our village is very rural, and we are not seeing um, directly any of the gang activity that you hear about on the news. But like Daniel said, we were pretty much isolated just to that village. We weren't able to travel around the country anymore. And if we felt like we did need to, to get supplies for our family, we'd have to make a very like rural, isolated road trip to the Dominican Republic to get that. And so we were kind of at a place that our board wanted us to come to the States and just take um, a couple of months just to see how things played out um, in Haiti and if the conditions would begin to improve or worsen or stay the same. Um, And so that's what we were doing. And the first month, almost maybe three weeks that we were in the States, we were just really unsettled about what we should do and just trying to hear from the Lord what what he uh, would have our family to do. And then um, we thought we were in the States for that reason. And then we can see now that God was bringing us to the States to take us away to show us something else. And that was that it's time, it was time to take that step to hire a administrator, assistant director, um, Haitian person to fill that role in the country. So we had been able to be hands off um, ourselves on the day-to-day patient care, but we were still very much the in-country directors, mainly Daniel, doing a lot of the administrative work. Um, And so we thought we were a few years off, and God made it very clear to both of us that, no, now is the time, um, and that he was going to carry AHA through the future better by um, empowering and employing a Haitian person to be a leader and administrator um, among our community and among our employees. So um, now... We're still concerned and we're still watching the safety and security situation of Haiti, but now our focus has shifted to um, seeking what God's um, specific role for our family is. Um, And so we're able to have um, all of the administrative and then patient care things taken care of in Haiti um, by very capable Haitian people. And so we're just um, seeking how he would continue to use us as we lead um, and seek to further and grow God's vision for this region. Um, And if that's 
living here in the States or if we will um, feel like God wants our family back in Haiti to um, continue to be hands-on in other aspects of the ministry. And so we hired Gabe, um, Gabe Lindor um, as our administrator and assistant director um, in a six-month interim, and so we're just all going to feel out um, how well he feels that's a, jo a good job fit for him and how well we feel that's a good fit for us, and also just using that time to seek the Lord and determine what his plan is for our family um, in the more practical ways of how we're to, to continue to lead and move forward. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I got to tell you, just as I, where you're talking and I'm looking at pictures over your shoulders, um, I, you know, I know that there's been talk of, of expanding the clinic, going to taking a clinic like to the board and some other things. I really have a sense, guys, that, that God's going to use this window of time while it's so chaotic and so crisis-oriented to really give opportunities for expansion. Uh, and it just continued to show, you know, just his, uh, God's amazing work through your obedience, uh, through your, uh, just all that you have entrusted and all that you've instilled in the people that you've been leading. And so I just bless that. And we, we just want to pray that this would not be a, a season for uh, Access Health Alliance to pull back, but one that would actually see growth. Uh, and see more people touched with the kingdom love and the kingdom healing uh, of, of God's power. So, uh, and we just want to pray and just bless the, the, uh, the Abercrombies. They're awesome people. If you haven't had a chance to meet them, I hope you'll get to. Uh, Daniel, his, his background was uh, medic and, and military. Then he went to pharmacy school. He's a pharmacist. Uh, Natalie's a nurse. And they're just uh, wonderful folks. And uh, Tanner's a, a great middle school guy. He's just got, we got it all covered. And uh, and Reagan's just a super young lady. So uh, let's, let's just, if you feel comfortable just extending your hands, we just want to pray blessing over them. Lord, thank you for, for Daniel. Thank you so much for Natalie. Thank you for the Abercrombies. We thank you for all that you're doing through Access Health Alliance, Lord. And we, we just pray, bring your kingdom, Lord. Bring your kingdom to these. Uh, just continue, Lord. Give them wisdom. Give them uh, your guidance and your direction about just the specifics. I just thank you for their obedience, I thank you for their obedience, their trust, and that they are, they're not going on words that you gave them six years ago, but they are seeking you for uh, fresh manna. And I pray, God, that you would continue to give it to them. I thank you, Lord, for providing for them, for protecting them. I, I pray, God, that you'd continue to give, uh, give them peace. I pray, God, that you'd continue to protect uh, access uh, Health Alliance and all the operations in uh, Fereda Pan. And Lord God, I just pray that you would be with uh, the healthcare workers, with Gabe as he leads. And Lord, that you would just cause uh, this clinic to flourish and to grow and to expand for your honor and for your glory. We thank you for getting to be a very, very small part of it. And we just pray blessing on it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Guys, wonderful to have you back in Augusta. Blessings to you. Thanks so much for being here today. Let's give them a hand. Thank you. <clears throat> so guys, whether we live in Haiti or whether we live in North Augusta, we're all called to live life on mission, okay? All of us, to go and make disciples, to be empowered, to be witnesses everywhere all the time. 
And we will utilize a lot of different methods, but our message remains the same. God loves us. God loves everyone so much, and he wants us to share the good news that Jesus came to make relationship with God possible. And that the Holy Spirit is here so that we can sense and know the love of God. And God gave his Holy Spirit so that we can personally be able to experience that and tell our own God story. Now, you say, Reese, I'm not really gifted when it comes to evangelism. Hey, um, that, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. This is about uh, simply telling our God story. Every one of us has a God story. Every one of us has a God story. Maybe it's in the making. Maybe it's one that we need to spend some time reflecting on. But we all have a God story that people need to hear, and people really do want to hear it. I'm convinced of that. People want to know that God is real, and they want to hear it from a real-life person that they know and that they trust and that they are able to observe. They want to hear that, and God gives us that opportunity every day. The Apostle Peter put it this way in his letter to, to the church. He said, in your hearts revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have, but do it with gentleness and respect Okay, God has not called us to win arguments. He hasn't. That is not my job. That is not your job. He's called us to love, to show kindness, to tell others what he has done in our own lives. And never forget this, guys. This is going to take so much pressure off of you. I know it's taken a lot of pressure off of me. My witness, your witness, does not save people, all right? Let's just put that out there. It doesn't save people. God and God alone saves people. But if we do our job, and I hope that we all will, God will be faithful as he is always to take care of the rest. That is the hope that we have. So I've got some homework for you today, all right? Like, Reese, I got up. I came to church. It was cold, and you're giving me homework? Really? Because I love you. Because I love you. I want you to prepare your God story. Again, as Peter put it, always be prepared. And to explain the difference that, that Jesus has made in your life. Now, there are a lot of different ways that you could do this. You could sort of do the, you know, in my case, AD, uh, uh, the BC Reese and the AD Reese, the before Christ Reese, the after his death Reese. Uh, you can do that for your own life. Uh, the difference that, that Christ has made. You can also, one of the things that I think is really important, ask, answer this question, uh, during COVID, what are some of the specific ways that God has been very real to you and your family? People are still so overwhelmed with fear and anxiety. They need to hear this. Listen to people talk to people. When you have the opportunity and God is giving you the opportunity, share your story. Follow the lead of the Holy Spirit and see the incredible things that God will do just in our simple acts of obedience. Um, uh, the overwhelming majority of all followers of Jesus come to faith in Christ because of two reasons. They, are, they were introduced, they were shared a message of faith from a friend or from a relative or from an acquaintance. It, it's not that pastors lead most people to Christ. We do get to do that some. But so often it's one-on-one. -on -one. It's not big major campaigns. It's not big social media kinds of things. It's the one-on-one -on -one interactions, people sharing their stories. 
It would be a daunting task if it were solely left up to us, but thank goodness it's not. There are two very important sources of power I want to leave you with today that we should never forget. Remember this. First, the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, has intrinsic power to persuade and to save in and of itself. Uh, It is an empowered message The gospel is not some sort of contrived sales pitch that a bunch of theologians got together and came up with. It is a spirit-breathed word of God, uh, and this is the way the Apostle Paul said it. He said, I am not ashamed of the gospel because the gospel is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone that believes. So I don't need to hype it up. You don't need to hype it up. It has the power it needs regardless of the time, of the space. I don't care what's going on in society. I don't care what's going on in culture. The the power of God, the gospel is the power of God. The message of the cross, it penetrates hearts. It overcomes fears. It, It defeats unbelief no matter what's going on in our culture or our world. And know this, I don't care what the world tells us, the gospel is never irrelevant or inconsequential. Never forget that. Trust in that. Secondly, when I think of the Great Commission, I like to think of it, it helps me anyway, to think of the Great Commission as really the Great Co-Mission. We are not in this on our own. And I am so thankful for that. We have the Holy Spirit. Jesus sends us out with the Holy Spirit as empowered messengers. We have an empowered message, and he sends us out as empowered messengers. That is why, let's do full circle first week, we're a people of the kingdom of God who partner with the Holy Spirit. We partner with the Holy Spirit. We are to be continually filled day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year, as Paul writes to the, the, the Corinthians about the, the work of the Holy Spirit making us the witnesses that Jesus points to in Acts chapter 1, uh, Paul puts it this way, you should show that you are a letter from Christ, the result of our ministry written not with ink, but with the Spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of human hearts. We are therefore Christ ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. That is what is happening as we go and as we listen to the Holy Spirit and we seek to respond to what the Holy Spirit is doing. Guys, we need to be reawakened to the power of the gospel, and we need to be reminded of our daily dependence on the Holy Spirit to make this possible. Because if we endeavor to do this thing of the Great Commission and My own wisdom, your own wisdom, your own strength, my own strength, we're going to fail miserably. But we don't have to. We do our job. God will do his. The mission of God demonstrated through Jesus and given to all of us is not something that we can be passive about. And I want to challenge you as I challenge myself, whether it is servant evangelism, whether it is sharing your God story with a coworker who's going through a very difficult time in their marriage, whether it's praying for a friend at school who's sick, Uh, whatever the situation, make yourself available to be the hands and feet of Jesus. And and to do the ministry of Jesus, that's, that's what our church is all about, loving Jesus and doing his ministry, whether it's Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, uttermost parts of the world, wherever God takes you, go do his ministry there. 
I, as I was praying this morning, I just had, I was reminded of a text that I didn't include in the message this morning, but it was, it was on the forefront of Jesus sending out his disciples. And he told them back in Matthew 10, he said, I'm going to send you out. And as you go, proclaim the message, the kingdom of heaven has come near. And these are the things that I want you to do. I want you to proclaim. I want you to demonstrate through healing the sick, raising the dead, cleansing those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. Freely you have received, freely give. Freely we receive the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit. Freely give. It is a dance that God invites us into. We need to remember that, that we need to be continually filled with the Holy Spirit, continually freely receiving But don't stop there, then freely giving. It's that dance. It's like inhaling and exhaling. Freely receive, freely give. Freely receive, freely give. It's pretty simple. We just got to do it. We just have to do it. And that's the challenge. That is the challenge for us uh, to just to, to, to watch and be amazed at what God will do with our simple obedience. He loves to show off in some pretty extraordinary ways, but he's just looking uh, for for us to to make it all about him and not about us. And uh, I'm excited about what God's going to do as we just seek to be, just to show up, to listen to his voice, to look, as Mary Margaret mentioned last week, as she preached last week, to look around us, to see people, to see the need, and then to do what we see the Holy Spirit uh, calling us to do in simple obedience, not making it about us, sharing our God story when we have the opportunity to do that. You game? Let's do it. Let's stand together.